Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family... Look for delicious Kroger brand products because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Welcome back to More To It, the show that takes a deep dive into the biggest stories in sports, entertainment, and culture. Start with headline news and then journey into deeper conversations. Always finding those life lessons that are presented in every single story. I'm your host, Marcel Swally. That dude, schoolboy fresh over here with that swag on. I know y'all looking at your boy. You know I used to roll through, what was it, like September 3rd, first day of school. You didn't even want to speak to nobody. Didn't want to go there to learn jack. You just wanted to get the compliments. Well, that's how I'm feeling right now. I'm feeling the amazing first day of school fresh. And we're going to have an amazing show right here. But first, let's start off with what's up with that dude. Uh, last night, kind of chill uh, because I had a long day. I was with Argo Alliance for Responsible Gun Ownership. Yes, you guys are going to be hearing a lot about that because this country is too unsafe, especially when it comes to the gun. And we're talking about gun legislation that needs to be changed. I am a firm believer in gun rights, gun responsibility, and also gun restrictions. Y'all catch all of that? So we have to change things. Stop being on polar opposites, extreme sides with an issue that is pervasive for all. This was something that I grew up with, and obviously I hated that I had to navigate around my community uh, use up so many brain cells just to make sure I got home safe and sound. And I thought that was just my neighborhood experience or a few hoods around the country. Oh, no. You know, and one of my dreams was like to move out the hood, not because I didn't love my people. So I was like, damn, it's too fucking gangster around here, right? Too unsafe. So I want to move away where it's safer. Well, guess what? It's not safer anywhere now. Schools, theaters, churches, you name it, malls, wherever you go, home invasions, etc. So I think the conversation needs to meet in the middle. And I'm going to be there with my long arms to bring both sides together. Argo, check it out. All right. So I was filming in Riverside. I went to a gun range, y'all, that was outdoors. I don't know if y'all done that before because everybody been to a gun range, it feels like, right? But it's usually that building and you go in there, it's all loud and everybody look like they fake detectives. But this, pop, pop, pop. 
This was outside. It was like real. Woo! Took me back. Um, other than that, um, uh, my boy Keyshawn Johnson laced me with some Mahenta. He has a new tequila out. Mahenta, he trying to go from a millionaire to a billionaire. He texts me that every damn day. I'm like, all right, good luck to you, George Clooney. Good luck, bro. But he's trying to do that. Sent me two bottles. Great. I've had them before. Super Bowl party I went to. And then he sent me an empty bottle. And that's the one I posted. So I don't know if that was a prank or this is a ghetto-ass company. I don't know, but Mahenta, check it out. It's my boy Keyshawn. Uh, so then I was just watching my boy Franklin last night snowfall. No spoiler alerts, except his mama got to be the biggest player hater in history. Y'all watch it, know what I'm talking about. Now, let's get into this show right here. Ah! Whoa. I am DR DeRozan. Y'all know who she is, a little nine-year-old daughter of DeMar DeRozan from Compton, my dog. Respect to him. And I'm gonna call her little DD right here. Little DD showed up to the game and little DD showed out. Let's talk about this situation. All right. So we know who the MVP of this game was. It was the Chicago Bulls versus the Toronto Raptors. Oh, it wasn't Zach Levine and those 30 points he dropped in the second half. Oh, it wasn't even little DD's daddy, DeMar DeRozan, who's a beast out there. Nah, it was a little nine-year-old, man. So what happened was we needed the Bulls to win to advance in the play-in game, right? They playing Toronto and Scotia Bank. Oh, I love me some T Dot. Good Lord, no wonder Drake is <laughs> Drake is who he is, because T Dot is what it is. So they needed to win that game to advance, right? During every free throw attempt that the Raptors took in that game, little DD screamed. I ain't gonna scream too loud because I know I got a mic on. Like she was auditioning for the movie scream. Like she literally was going out there and screaming. And it worked. Take a listen, y'all. Check out if you're Chicago here. Hey, she went one for two, like the Raptors. Loose ball. Levine comes out of the pack with it. Now be real. Was that causation or coincidence? Ah, shut up, Wiley. Don't let the facts get in the way of a good story. It's a damn good story. So little mama smart. Now she really smart because one, she ain't in school and she knows she should have went to school. Instead, she went to see daddy go to work. All right. So she ain't had to go to school or she's certainly not going to go to school when they got to play in Miami. So it's funny. She's smart. She's sitting there like, wait, it's quiet here. It's so quiet here that maybe I need to make some noise. And she Timed it up so well. I don't know, y'all. Y'all tell me. They shot 50% from the line in a game where the Bulls were down 19 and came back to win. 18 missed free throws. I ain't saying little DD did all that, but she did some of that. And it's crazy because it took me back to like some experiences with crazy fans and hecklers. You could think about the Raiders, but you can't point out one Raider fan. But all of them just look crazy. Gangster. Oh, these Raider fans. Look, the Raider fans have earned their reputation. Yes, I am going to group all of y'all. I remember one time we were in the Chargers driving to the stadium from my house to the stadium in San Diego. Traffic, of course. And these Raider fans, not only in traffic, stopped their car, parked their car, were outside their car tailgating in the middle of the freeway. But then I saw a couple cats drinking, and one dude was just sitting there peeing. I was like, dog, we ain't even at the game yet. These suckers on tilt. It was hilarious. So the craziest fan I've seen, and not that crazy, but just 
the one that captivated me the most fireman Ed. Fireman Ed will hit the little DD too. He'll wait for it to get quiet. He'll look around. He got this big old hat on. He on his boy's shoulders. He's like, and I ain't lying. I'm in the game. I'm playing against this team and I'm looking like, yo, what Fireman Ed about to do? And that sucker star pounding. J-E-T-S. And when 80,000 going with your boy and he got them all in unison, can't lie. It was next level. Well, gonna have to take a back seat, Fireman Ed, because now we got something even better. Little DD, when the other team got to shoot those free throws. Oh man, a headline hit the desk. And I said, oh, it's time to talk about this one. Where it said, Donald Trump is not racist, according to Stephen A. Smith. I said, oh my God, two guys, not only that are major figures in our world, but also two guys that I've actually encountered. Let's talk about this. Stephen A. Smith, while speaking at the Semaphore Media Summit, which I've never been invited to, that's why I probably butchered the name, uh, he was there with Fox News, and Smith spoke on whether or not he believes former President Donald Trump is a racist. And he said, quote, I would tell you this, I think when people call him racist and stuff like that, I never thought about Trump like that. Smith said via Fox News, he's not against black people, he's against all things not named Trump. There's a difference. That's right. Now, woo, we're going to get into this. We're going to unpack it. But first, we always got to lay the foundation. Stephen A. also confirmed that he's known Trump for a long time and he's never thought of him like that. Quote again, I knew Trump before he ran for presidency. I thoroughly enjoyed talking to him. He was a huge sports fan. And he used to throw a lot of events at his casinos and stuff like that. I'm going to now always do quotes in a voice, some voice. I'm going to pick a voice. All right. So I'm going to keep it going. I genuinely liked him. I didn't know who this guy was running for president. I think he's changed. Yep. And he also went on to say he won't get Stephen A's vote. Okay. All right. Where do I start with this one? Right. I only got so many minutes. You know what I mean? I mean, it seems like it's a conversation every single day about Donald Trump or Stephen A. But now it's Donald Trump and Stephen A. First thing I want to just unpack with you guys is how do you vote? If you had to prioritize, you got to pick one. I am not a fan of the person who says they don't pick one. Oh, they're the same. No, no two things are the same. Duh. You vote in priority for personality, how they are, how they're perceived to be, because be frank, most people don't get to meet who they're voting for. So are you voting for that personality, that persona, or are you voting for their policy? I'm looking in the comments to see what you guys say. Now for me, I go with policy if I had to pick one over the other, right? When I get to the point where I'm like, eh, a little off with the personality, whatever they're projecting them to be in terms of their image, and the policy, eh, but you know what? Which one matters more to me is the one that potentially can affect me. That personality, that persona, yeah, that could change minds in terms of perception, but my reality would change faster with the policy changes, right? So I will always prioritize policy over personality. What's your priority in that pick? Let me take you back, because I remember there was a time where there was great, esteem for Donald Trump. And it was weird how the narrative flipped. And I don't know specifically when it flipped. Certainly it was around the time he ran for president's presidency because we noticed that this was the same guy that every rappers, black rappers especially, 
looked up to him and used him as a symbol of success. He was every black hero's name to use when you talk about affluence. Seriously, it was crazy. He's the same guy who was running in his campaign and also as a president who gave black people credit for building this nation in front of a group of all white people. He said, no, black people built this and they ain't get the credit. They're starting to get a little of it now. It was interesting. His HBCU support. All of that said, in 2016, it flipped. But in 2015, as late as 2015, because I could go all the way back to the 80s when we were talking about Donald Trump and Eric B and Rock Kim and them. But 2015, Ray Sherman had a song. Remember Ray, Ray Sherman? Can't even say the last word because his drummer's backwards. I don't know what the hell. Love their music, though. Shouldn't have made that triple album. That was too much. Um, here we go. Up like Trump. Y'all remember that? Love, love, love like Trump. Think that found out bump doing that little dance and all that. I was like, that was 2015, y'all. So that people were still loving Donald Trump. Black people were still loving Donald Trump. And then turn off the music. Was it the man that changed or was it the machine? Because you know that machine, they can find something and run with it and program it. Algorithms is the machine. An algorithm is we're going to calculate what you're going to be able to digest, what you're going to be able to consume, what you're going to be able to see. Because the reality is so grand, therefore, you're not going to be able to see it all. But we'll program what you can see. What's interesting is you may follow 500 people on Instagram. Do you see 500 profiles every time you log on? No, you get three. And then you're like, where's the fourth friend that I follow? Nope, we're going back to number one again. They posted again. You're like, damn, I follow 500 people and never, ever get to see all of them. That's the algorithm at play. That's the machine at play. But the real conversation is, is Donald Trump racist? The only thing I can lend to this in experience is the time that actually I look forward to seeing Donald Trump because my boy was a member at his golf course in New Jersey. I think it's like 2010, somewhere around that world. I'm retired, but I'm still in better shape than I am now, right? So I'm walking around the golf course. Everybody's, you know, whispering, 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 golf etiquette. Then all of a sudden, it started getting a little louder than a whisper because Donald Trump was in the building. Dude walked right up to us, Rory and I. He had actually met Rory before because he's a member. So they start chopping it up. Then he says hello to me. And he gave me that kind of like, hey, I know you that uh, you were good or kind of famous, but I don't, if I was Lawrence Taylor, he'd be like, Lawrence Taylor. But he's like, eh. Then he's like, Marcellus White, oh, okay. We putted around for a few minutes. Man went on his way, invited us to breakfast, but guess what? We actually declined it because we had to get our round in. That wasn't a smart decision back then. But the point is, I'm like Stephen A in some respects of like, damn, I don't remember Donald Trump Growing up, all I heard was he was this amazing figure of ascension and, and being the man. And then it just went off the rails. So educate each other. Let's talk through this situation because I want to hear those explicit Trump statements that turned you off, that turned everyone off to Donald Trump, where it's actually a conversation at a media summit is Donald Trump racist. So Interesting conversation right there. Stephen A. says he's not voting for him. I don't know who I'm voting for. I always let them make that decision for me. I'll wait till those primaries. Doing that dance that I forgot. 
and no one knows what it was called. But uh, my man, that's what Kevin Durant's doing. Every time he hears Charles Barkley, he's like, get out the way, move, hitting him with the Matrix. That's what we're going to call that, the Matrix, because Kevin Durant has some words because they had some questions about his relationship with Charles Barkley. All right, so we know who KD is, the Phoenix Suns superstar who's playing for the team that Charles Barkley used to play for, those Phoenix Suns. So they had a conversation after a practice asking Kevin Durant about it. Now, we know that Kevin Durant respects Charles Barkley, the basketball players, because he said as much. But he's made it clear over the years about his feeling towards him beyond that. So when he was asked about this, he didn't mince his words, as they say. Quote, I probably wouldn't sit down with Charles, to be honest. That's what KD said. Uh. Mm. Now, we remember Barkley has called Durant a great, comma, great player. Uh-oh. Whenever somebody overemphasizes, I'm just, see, I'm giving y'all all the social cues in this world. Because when somebody's like, oh, no, I love love, like, that's actually less than more than one love. But people, these kids especially, oh, no, that, that's my girl, girl. Mm-hmm. That's the one that's going to flip on her when stuff gets heated. Now, let me tell you that. All right. So, Barkley's called Durant a great, great player. Both made the NBA 75 team, duh, deservedly. But Barkley has called Durant, quote, very sensitive, as recent as 60 Minutes interview that aired last month. Remember that? In reaction to that interview, Durant tweeted out, quote, this ain't getting tiring, Chuck. I'll never respect the words that come out of your mouth, fam. Just deal with it. Woo. Barkley's also said that Durant won't get full respect from the old heads until he wins the NBA championship outside of the two he captured with Golden State in 2017 and 2018. Now, ain't that kind of funny? Like, the dude ain't got one. Said, oh, we gonna respect you when you get one without Steph Curry, without the Golden State Warriors and they 73-win team. Like, I ain't got one. I, I ain't tripping. I ain't tripping. It ain't even on me. It's on you to go get another one without those guys when you already got two with those guys and prove you were the best player with those guys. That's kind of messed up, Barkley. I know I don't have a championship, so some ground I can't stand on. Charles Barkley can stand on being one of the greatest players ever. But then when it comes to the championship talk, as he learns almost nightly with Shaquille O'Neal and Shaq, when Shaq won in the argument, Chuck, Chuck, come on, Chuck, come on, Chuck, stop. And then he get mad at him. I'm like, why is Shaq mad at him? And Shaq got the rings. Shaq just be putting the hot sauce on the burrito. Love it. But that one to me, that's out of bounds. But they're on these terms right now. So let's talk about this. And y'all remember the last time I seen them friendly was an interview. Woo, we got to go back. We're going back like four or five years ago. And uh, Barkley asked, <laughs> boy, I love pettiness when it's to the fullest. Barkley asked Kevin Durant this. Remember this? He said, uh, you know, Kevin, this is why I love being an athlete and media and all that. Because when we get into it and ask questions, we personalize them, but some so conversational that they don't sound right when you read them. You know, Kevin, <laughs> there was talk about you coming back for the playoffs last year. Remember when Durant missed it, the Achilles injury, et cetera. So you really just been working on your game, trying to get back your time and conditioning, to be honest, correct? Guess what Kevin Durant said with that little, that little good times beanie he wears all the time now. Guess what he did? He wanted this. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. That was it. That was it. You want me to do it again? Yeah. <laughs> Let you know. 
there is some issues in the air. Oh man, I never had an issue with a reporter. Now, I'm not sitting up here grandstanding because there's a reason I never had an issue with a reporter. I was never big enough, long enough, where they made up stuff about me. That's what happens. Let me give y'all the dynamic. Let me take y'all behind the scenes. Because when you get your rundown on the show, every single time it has the same names and it's Kevin Durant, it's LeBron James, it's Steph Curry, and we got to go back again. Kevin Durant, LeBron James, Steph Curry. Oh, let's talk some football. Dallas Cowboys, you know what I mean? All of a sudden, those facts start to morph into opining, and that turns into what? Selling opinions as facts. And that's what happens, and that's why relationships get damaged. Now, Charles Barkley always kept it 100. Even when he played, he was just like, look, this is what I see. This is what it is. And he didn't change, in part, why he doesn't have a relationship with Michael Jordan now, because he had to do his job talking about Michael Jordan. Now, talking about Michael Jordan, the owner, did you need to do that? Did you need to put that much hot sauce on it? Did you need to keep it 100? Yes, because that's who you are. But it cost him that relationship. Oh, well. That's just the way it goes with Charles Barkley. Same thing with the Kevin Durant relationship. In Barkley's eyes, he's like, I'm keeping it 100. Even though in this one, I think there's a little bit off when it comes to talking about a champion and the respect that he gets or doesn't get. So the only time I've had any issue, I think, with a reporter was when I heard Mad Dog. Now, Mad Dog's from New York, right? Big Mad Dog that's now on first take with Stephen A all the time, right? That's the same guy. I was an active player. When I was an active player, I didn't know that they had all these TV shows and I didn't even know they had NFL Live. First time I went on Mike and Mike, I went on there like it was a regular radio show. And then when I got off the radio show, my phone exploded in my hand and I was like, why? 10,000 messages. You killed it. That was great. Oh man, they love you. Oh, you had to, I was like, damn, radio that popular? I swear I was oblivious. I knew every single club and strip club in America, but didn't know any of the shows that cover our sports. I digress, right? So Mad Dog was talking trash about me properly, appropriately, because I was starting to suck. And I heard it. Somebody's like, yo, Mad Dog on your head. And I was like, who Mad Dog? And they were like, they told me. I was like, oh, he from New York? Ah, Mad Dog used to love me. Because Columbia, he felt like he discovered somebody. Like, like, they got this guy in Columbia. Let me just tell you. It's this guy from, he shouldn't even went to Columbia. He shouldn't even went to the Ivy League. And I tell you, oh, he was better than that. He was one of those four or five star recruits. Could have went anywhere. But he go to Columbia and he kills it. So he probably put a lot of bets on me. And they were working and winning bets for about five, six years. And then he started losing a little money to Vegas. And I'm sure he started to get mad at that. And that's what's funny, too. When you have so much goodwill, how they are reluctant to talk bad about you. And that's how I live my career. I had so many friends in the media, they were scared to say I was sorry. I was like, dog, it's okay. I'll still be your friend. You know what I mean? I ain't gonna be that Michael Jordan type that <laughs> you say the truth that I'm all of a sudden gonna get mad at you. So just wanted to take you guys around the world of this issue right here. Kevin Durant looking like Barkley like, nah, I'm good. Chuck done told me how he feels. He knows how I feel. Let's just keep it strictly basketball. I'm still playing. You still reporting. Let's just keep our distance. Let's talk about the Georgia football coach, Mark Taylor, who jokes about lynching in horrific racist videos. Okay. Video footage of a Georgia athletics coach known for helping students get recruited to top level colleges has gone viral with the coach 
filmed using extremely racist and vile language. And most of it is geared toward people who look like the students he trains. Y'all catch it. On social media, Mark Taylor, who is white, leads Speed Edge Sports in Macon. Claims to have been the Georgia High School Association Coach of the Year for track six years in a row, my favorite sport, and a former University of Georgia defensive end who has got more than 60 athletes at D1 schools and 16 in the NFL. Many of Taylor's social media posts feature him training black student athletes, some of whom have gone on to play pro sports. Okay, now you can also see on his personal Facebook profile, he's posing for photos with Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney, Alabama's Nick Saban, Florida's former coach and my former coach at Columbia, Dan Mullen, and numerous black players, including Philadelphia Eagles superstar quarterback Jalen Hurts. Okay, just giving you guys this context. Now the clips of the trainer, the racist clips of him, were shared on Facebook. And it was by Lauren Angelica Law, a self-proclaimed civil rights activist. Unclear how she got the videos or when they were filmed, because that was my first question. Did he really film these videos and post them himself? Because it certainly looked that way. Oh, you want to know what I'm talking about? Take a look at the video. Homeless ones on the street. Every restaurant looking in here is black. Every car beside them is black. They can have Atlanta. It used to be a fun place to come to up here. They can have this place right here. And stuff. There ain't no way. There ain't no way. Just need to, there, there, there's your. Yeah. Well, it, was a, it was just a sign up there. It had Obama and all them on there. And stuff, man. So, yeah. That's all that's up here. That's all that's up here, man. And stuff is just crap. Yeah. Yeah. You and Boyf need to come up here and go hunting. Yeah, and stuff, man. Ain't nothing here, dog. Ain't nothing but blacks up here. That's all it is. Atlanta's done gone down, man. Just gone. Now, in one clip, there's a man who appears to be Taylor, says he's driving through downtown Atlanta at night. Mm-hmm. Quoted, ain't seen a white person in sight, homeless ones on the street. Every restaurant looking here is black. Every car beside me is black. They can have Atlanta, right? Mm-hmm. Used to be a fun place to come up here. Before he looked at that sign of Obama, and then he said, and all of them on there. Talking about him as well. He mentions people going to Atlanta to go hunting before turning the camera around to show his face. Ain't nothing but blacks up here. That's all it is. Atlanta's just gone down, man. Just gone. Okay, that clip alone tells you that he is connecting Atlanta and whatever issues that Atlanta has with the people that he is seeing and those people are black, right? So he's basically saying Atlanta's messed up now because black people are here and I'm showing you where I am, nothing but black people, even though he's white. So there's already one white person there and I'm sure if he didn't just narrow his scope to selective perception, which is a real dynamic and a lot of people do it. Let me make some levity for this. Okay, you go to L.A. and a lot of people come to L.A. say, oh, my God, everyone has a Mercedes and everyone's a star and everyone looks beautiful. That's not true. That's the lens you want to see. And that's the lens you will now see L.A. through. He's doing that with Atlanta. Okay, let's go here. Another clip. Bro, look at this nigga trying to pull out in front of me right here. 
Did you see that tree right there? Roe will hang you from that tree. Yeah. He saw him. Um, he's filming the black woman driving a white car, and he says, look at that N-word. Y'all know I don't use that word. Trying to pull out in front of me right here. You see that tree right there? Roe will hang you from that tree. Yeah. Okay. And that one is getting specific. First, it was General Atlanta, right? Then it was general black people. And then he was like, this is the problem right here. Atlanta's going down because the black people are here. Now he's starting to look at one black person and now he's leaning more into the violence, right? A little more into the violent lens. Yeah, so got the Glock by the bed. Let me go. Room service. Y'all need y'all niggas bring me some chicken wings, two hoes, a red bone and a white girl. Y'all want the white girl, uh, Rogue gonna try the, the red bone. Cause he, 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 he probably do it and he probably gonna throw out that we on the 14th floor. He probably throw out the window when he done with her. Yeah. Cheap rate. Another clip you saw him at a bedside table with the gun and there was a clock there and a the phone, all that and calling up room service. I need y'all in words to bring me some chicken wings, two holes, a red bone and a white girl. All right. Then he says, I want the white girl roll. Row, want to try the red bone. Row, probably throw her out the window when he's done with her. Atlanta, Atlanta, N-word town. Okay. Whoever Row is going to get you fucked up. Like, I don't know who this Row is. He referenced Row a lot in this video, but Row going to get you funked up, big dog. Let's talk about it before I unpack what I am feeling about this. Got to get all the facts out there. So, there's a lady named Karen whose son was trained by Mark Taylor. And she said, uh, shouldn't be around kids. Our parents need to know what they're walking into. She had a, a poignant point. She said, you don't have to be a parent of a black child or any person of color to be horrified or think this is horrendous. Applaud her for saying that, even though we all know that to be true. Curtis, who has a son coached by Taylor as well, uh, he said, look, I have a black son. And if you got to start telling what you're doing for other people, you're not doing it for the right reasons. So basically he smells something on Mark Taylor before, because I've been around those type of people before where they're not doing it in an altruistic way. They're not doing it from the pureness of their heart. They're doing it with a little bit of an attachment, almost a brag. Like, look at me helping y'all. Look at me coaching and helping black kids get into college. Because without me, Mr. White Man that could coach, oh, you wouldn't have those connections. They wouldn't come find your little black butt, right? Felt like that. Okay. He's also had a history of a homophobic comment on social media. Now listen to this, because this is going to take us where we got to go. Previously accused of harassing his ex-fiance, who was fired from teaching and coaching at Houston County Schools, pleaded guilty to a felony charge of influencing a witness this sucker in the mob, and was banished from Houston County 2007, way back. They also reported that he, re he rented a space at a Fellowship Christian Academy, and that academy's already come out. No more. No, sir. Not us. This is disturbing in so many ways, but let's start here. It's disturbing because he actually can exercise his racism in power because he coaches so many black kids. Let's be real about that. Because we're living in a world right now where the conversation of race happens so often that now we're trying to measure the level of racism, right? Some people on one extreme, you can see the racism. It's blatant. It's overt. You're like, yes, 
that is racist. But then there are the others on the other extreme who cry wolf about racism, which makes you pause to go to when you really see true racism, right? So in this situation, everyone has to stop down. As Karen said, as everyone is going to say about this, wait a minute, because racism is at its fullest form when it can execute its power. It can execute its force over you and your life, right? Now we see these little kids, you know, not adults yet. And boy, I've been in that vulnerable position before where you needed to get recruited. It's one thing to be talented, but it's another thing for them to see and respect and come to where your talent is on display. And I remember there were guys who I was growing up with, white coaches too, black coaches as well. But really, I've seen it where a guy who was really good, but didn't get really good looks and opportunities and offers, right? So it makes you scratch your head and go back to those moments. You're like, damn, how come that all city or all state dude didn't get the big time offers? Was there something more at play than just talent or, oh, they didn't find us? Interesting, right? Oh, man, it's impossible to know exactly who you can trust around your kids. And I feel so vulnerable, like you all feel, I'm sure, as parents, when you drop off your kids at school. A background check is one thing, but nothing is foolproof, right? Because at school, they do run the background checks. But do you run the background check with the private trainer that you all heard does great things with other players? Do you? Did you? And that's the conversation right here as well. Another point of this that, that hit me was the fact that he was so comfortable being racist. So I'm going I'm to hit you guys first. Are you racist? And racism looks a lot different than it did years past, right? We all know that now there's cold, there's dog whistles. You know, everybody is trying to put their racism in different forms. So I ask you, are you racist? I'm sure. All of you guys are sitting there like, what's wrong with Wally? Hell no, I'm not racist, right? Everybody probably would say that. It takes me back to what my coach used to say about decisions and people who really step up to it and how responsible you are to your actions. Every year in training camp, we used to sit there and coach says, who wants to win a Super Bowl? And everybody raised their hands. Said, Put your hands down. I'm going to say it again. Who wants to win the Super Bowl? We all raise our hand again. He's like, all right, keep your hands up if you're going to do everything that you need to do, which includes getting proper rest, which includes not hanging out and being in the streets all the time, which includes getting not only rehab, but prehab, which includes coming in here early, leaving late, which includes. And he we kept our hands up, but he started to catch us. He started to make us think like, dog, I ain't doing all that. Like, I'm a ball out. I'm a be a baller. But all of that, like, that sounds too textbook, right? So I'm going to ask you guys again, are you racist? Oh, no, no, no. Are you a tribalist? What is a tribalist? Well, that has become a faction of racism in a different way. Do you root for your own, even if the merits say that both parties should get rooted for? Do you root for your own first and discount the other? Just keep talking, y'all. Do you hate your own? I've been through this as well. See, I only talk about the black experience because that's all I am. My 23 and me said I'm 61% Nigerian. I was like, oh, look at me. Need to get over there, you know, meet my people. But 
Are you one of those who hate your own, right? I've heard this in my own community where it's like the black people don't like the N-words, right? And I'm like, but we all black. And they're like, nah, we ain't all black. Some of them act different. Let's talk through this. Are you racist? Um, do you know anyone that's racist? Now we all do. We know Mark Taylor's racist, damn it. And it's crazy how vulnerable you may be in this moment because you're talking now about somebody that got caught out for who they really are. But how many decisions did he make being that person, but being able to hide it right in plain sight? Oh, that hurts. Oh, that's so damn damaging and damning that someone you trust your kids future with, you trust your kid to learn from. I'm sure, you know, as a coach, not only do you train them, but you hang with them, right? Come on over guys. Y'all hang out. Come on on this weekend. We all going to go down to the Dave and Busters and play games and kick it like all these moments. And what I've learned when you're around youngsters, especially is that they don't just listen to you. They watch you. And when you're racist, even if you're hiding in plain sight, what are you showing? What are they seeing? Damaging all around. I'm usually not a fan of the race discussion unless it's overt, right? When it's somebody just saying, man, that was racist. And I'm like, why? Man, did you hear what he said about me, that white guy? And I'm like, usually I say, oh, have you ever heard that from a black person? Yeah, but, and I'm like, well then, is that really racism? Or it is. Lovely conversation to have with you guys. And we're gonna dive deeper into these topics and subjects going forward, as you know. We don't run from anything over here. Whether you agree or disagree, you're gonna come here and learn or unlearn, right? We all gonna think through this together on Never Shut Up. Mark Taylor, woo, whatever's coming to you. Hey, bruh, sounds like you asked for it. All right, y'all, y'all know how we end every show with a Wiley-ism inspired by Lil D.D. <laughs> little DR DeRozan. All right, y'all ready for this? The best teachers show you where to look, but don't tell you what to see. <laughs> yeah, buddy, right? Like, hey, over there. Like when you're doing, we just did it. Easter egg hunt for our kids. Over there. But uh, you got to go find it, right? You can lead them to fish, right? But you don't fish for them, right? Lead them to the water. But don't do the fishing for them. Why? Because there is a mechanism. There is an engine that gets super powered when you do the discovery. I don't know what it is. I don't know why. There are some things that you can just learn through osmosis, right? Just being around it. There's sometimes you can learn things by just hearing it, but not experiencing it, right? But then there's some things, boy, you get to that le next level, that PhD level, when you not only hear it, educated by it, but enlightened through the experience of doing it, right? So whenever you're out there and you're the one who's teaching or you're the one who's being taught, just remember that relationship, right? There has to be some gaps in that experience because if there are no gaps in the experience, why are you teaching me? You don't know anything I don't know. So you got to have a gap in experience. And then when you're the student, also respect that gap in experience, but also know you have to close the gap by actually going through that process. You don't want all the answers. Trust me. Everybody who's been through school before wanted to cheat sheet. And who hasn't cheated in school before? Raise your hand if you cheated. Raise your hand and keep it up if you want to win a Super Bowl and cheat. <laughs> all the Patriot fans stand up. So here we go. All you got to do is go through the process. Don't be scared. I tell my son all the time, 
practice without judgment, man. Just go through it. It'll be all right. So the best teachers show you where to look, but don't tell you what to see. All right, that's going to do it for more to it. Check the show notes for all the information on our topics today. Today! You want to keep the conversation going? I know you do. Let's talk. Find me on all socials at Marcellus Wiley. That's right. More to it is a production of Dan Patrick Productions, That Dude Entertainment, and Workhouse Media. Show is executive produced by Dan Patrick, Marcellus Wiley. That's me, that dude. Paul Anderson and Nick Panella. Ah, Marcellus Wiley. Thanks for listening. Thanks for those reviews. Keep them coming, man. I read every single one of them reviews. All what I got. 182 of them. <laughs> Something crazy. Um, I love y'all, man. There's more coming from more to it. Talk to you hella soon. Do you dream of a healthier life, but education feels out of reach? Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School of Natural Health makes holistic education accessible with online programs to fit your busy schedule. Trinity School's Certified Natural Health Professional Program is the perfect entry point to gain foundational knowledge to empower yourself, your family, and your community to live healthier lives. Turn your passion into a career. Visit trinityschool.org for more info now. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official Challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.